Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you, as we always do, to join us here this morning, and we trust that you are here. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. If we learned one thing as kids, and you kids who are here this morning will know this, if we learned one thing as kids, it's that too much of a good thing can be a bad thing. In fact, it's even worse than that. Too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And this is not something that a kid knows by nature. To a kid's way of thinking, if an ice cream cone is good, then five ice cream cones will be great. If staying up until midnight is good, then staying up until three o'clock in the morning will be great. It's a particularly adult thing to consider the consequences of your actions. We're the ones who think about the amount of exercise that will be needed to offset the caloric intake of five ice cream cones. We're the ones who can imagine what will feel like tomorrow if we stay up until three o'clock tonight. Of course, even knowing what we know, it doesn't always stop us from eating those five ice cream cones and staying up until three o'clock in the morning. That reminds me, honey, we need more of those little Trader Joe's ice cream cones, the chocolate ones. Now, as we grow more mature and start to see the effects of the otherwise good things we overindulge in, we start to get more and more afraid of overindulgence, don't we? And then something truly tragic happens. We actually become suspicious of good things. We start having half an ice cream sharing it with someone else. Or, God forbid, we lie and say, no, thank you, we don't want any ice cream. We start going to bed earlier and earlier at halftime of that NBA game that we were really looking forward to. Or, you know what, we'll just skip it all together and get a really good night's sleep. What kind of life is that? I ask you, suspicion of good things and fear of overindulgence is no way to live. I have an announcement for you this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, I am happy to stand before you today with good news that I have found a thing that can be overindulged without fear. A good thing that has no dire consequences if you just keep piling it on. Talking, of course, about the good news itself, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But you know, adults can sometimes wonder. I mean, look what St. Paul writes in our reading this morning from Romans 6. Should we continue in sin in order that grace 
may abound? What a question! He has just finished writing in Romans chapter 5, one of the greatest treatises on the profundity of the gospel in the history of the world. Therefore, he says, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ, Romans 5. While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life, Romans 5. And finally, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What a crescendo of good news this is. Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And then Paul makes this clarification. He wants to make sure the Romans understand what he is not saying. So should we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Knowing that human sin is always met by divine grace, should we try to access more of that grace by committing more and more sin? Does the existence of grace mean that sin is okay? Or even a good thing? By no means, says Paul. Absolutely not. And this is where we mature adults expect him to back off a little bit to realize that he's gone too far with this grace thing, that he's overindulged. We expect him now to counsel self-control. Think about how you'll feel tomorrow, we assume he'll say, if you stay up until three o'clock tonight. Think about all the miles you'll have to put on the Peloton, he'll warn if you eat all five of those ice cream cones. If you indulge in too much of a good thing, it becomes a bad thing. You can't go too far overboard with this grace stuff, we are sure, he'll say. You still have to be a good person. But incredibly, Miraculously, that's not what Paul says at all. Should we continue in sin, 
in order that grace may abound? By no means, he says. And then here he goes. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Paul here doubles down on the good news. He doesn't back away from it, not for a second. He gives you a second helping. The you who would continue in sin is dead. You walk in newness of life now because you have been resurrected in Christ. This isn't advice. This is an announcement, a re-announcement. This is in itself good news. Paul preaches the gospel again when he raises the common objection that preaching the free grace of the gospel will lead to licentiousness, to people sinning more and more so that grace will abound, he doubles down and preaches more gospel. So you've come here this morning, and you've heard the good news. Paul has preached it radically. Therefore, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. While we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. One act of righteousness, he says, by Christ Jesus leads to justification and life for everyone. One man's obedience will make many righteous. The law came in, he says, to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Amen? Amen. You've heard now that your life merited death and condemnation. But in Christ's death, God took those things onto himself. Christ's life and righteousness given to you in exchange for your sin. It is finished. Amen. Now you might be hearing or understanding this good news for the first time. Our word to you is repent and be baptized. Acknowledge your sin, call out for a savior and accept Jesus Christ's life given to you as a free gift. In baptism, you'll symbolically go under the water, dying with him. Then lifted out of the water, you'll be raised up to new life in him, a life of grace upon grace. Maybe you've heard this all before. But you know, better than anyone, that sin is still an issue for you. You are still human. And outside of Christ, your life still merits death. 
and condemnation. You do, though, live in light of Christ's death for you. The good news that God took that death and condemnation onto himself. Christ's life and righteousness given to you in exchange for your sin. It is finished. Our word to you is repent and remember your baptism. You went under the water and died with Christ. You came up and were reborn into him. So what does this mean for us? Well, it means that when confronted with sin, we don't back off the gospel. We don't say, well, yes, of course, Jesus died for you. But if you want to make God happy, you need to do better. No, we remind the sinner of whom remember now and never forget we are the foremost, you and I. We remind ourselves of the good news. We preach it to ourselves again. We were dead and are now because of Christ alive. Christian sin is not secretly a good thing that by some trick will cause grace upon grace to abound all the more. Absolutely not. But we do not meet Christian sin with more rules and regulations. We meet it like Paul did with an overwhelming double dose of good news. Not a reminder of what we should be doing, but a reminder of who we are. And did you catch that part about the result of who you are? Paul says that Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father so that we too might walk in newness of life. It's good news on top of good news, grace upon grace. Counterintuitively, it is this redoubling of the gospel that actually brings about the kind of life that the risen Christ exemplifies. He died and rose again for you outside of, in fact, in spite of anything you've ever done, are doing, or ever will do, and he gives his perfect life to you. And now, because of that gift, you too will walk in newness of life. Not because you're told to, but because you have been reborn. You are a new creation. Remember how Paul started. Should we continue in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? So hear this. St. Paul's words to the Roman church and to you from chapter 6. All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. And for those of you who aren't yet, come join us. Be baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. Here's the key. For whoever has died is free from sin. How do you escape sin? By doing better? No, by dying and by being raised to new life. But if we have died with Christ, says Paul, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you, you and I, must also consider ourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. You are dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Jesus. Remember that today and always. Alleluia and amen.